We all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different places, different understandings of what the word of God has to say about these significant topics. I'm going to tell you that I think if you were to boil down a few stories in the Bible, probably the ones that are most known or most misunderstood, this has got to be at the top of the list. And it's so important because it articulates love, radical love. This is Jesus saying, you don't understand my heart. You think I'm running down the road with judgment. You don't understand who I am. I came to heal. I came to restore. Crazy love, number one, brings crazy judgment. Crazy judgment. Would you agree that most people don't even know the bias that's in them until it starts to come out? Sometimes we, we want to, we want to, and it, you know, we have this argument across the country right now about anything that, that relates to this from racism to any kind of bias that would divide and separate. Judgment can come up in a heartbeat. Hey, welcome to the PC Youth Pod. Thank you for taking time to listen. We are kicking off a brand new series this week called Homecoming, looking at the story of the prodigal son. I encourage you guys to go read and look at Luke 15, where it talks about the prodigal son. So grab your Bibles and something to write with as we get into this week's message. Give it up for Gabby one more time. Come on. I'm excited to share the word of God with you tonight. I hope you have something to take notes. I believe God's going to say something important to each one of you. You know, every time you come into God's house, whether it's on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night, I encourage you to come ready to receive. And I know most of you have phones, and so you can take notes on there, but there's something about when pen hits paper. I just want you to know there's something, it's something significant. And, uh, you know, this entire book was written that way. Would you agree? God spoke, right? And his conduits were ready to receive. And it's still blessing the entire world to this day. Would you agree? Yeah. I, I want to believe tonight that there's going to be an expectation inside each one of your hearts that God speaks to this day through his word, through his people. He wants to speak to you tonight. Does he have your attention? Can this night be on purpose tonight? Because we're going to share about a story that is about as clear at articulating his radical love as it gets. Would you agree, Pastor Spencer and Corey? Yeah. The prodigal son. Some of you grew up hearing this and, uh, this is really birthed out of Pastor Spencer's heart and, and an angle that I think is really cool. Um, there's a few different things that are absolutely crucial. We're going to read this passage out of, out of Luke here in a minute that is, it, I mean, it's pretty radical. I mean, Jesus was really flipping things on people. What they thought they knew about religion, what they thought they knew about him, he was saying, really? Let me tell you how I see people. Let me tell you how I see seasons that have been rough. Have anybody in here had a rough season? Made some mistakes? A couple things you'd like to have back? 
decisions that you knew in the moment they weren't right, or even you found out later and you thought, oh my goodness, what was I thinking? We're going to learn about somebody tonight that made a few decisions that they greatly regretted, but then they ran into love. And I hope that every time you walk into those doors, every time you open that book, you run into love. I don't know if I've ever said that before in my life, but it was a significant statement. It wasn't from me. I believe it was from his heart. He wants you to learn how to run into love. Not into rules. Not into religion. Not into judgment. Not into shame. Into love. That's the God that we're here to learn about tonight and to celebrate. Some of you have grown up hearing the stories and you're going to have to get out of your own way to hear this in a fresh way tonight. Some of you have never heard this story. And I think it's going to rock you in a beautiful way. Because when we start to really understand the way he's wired and the character of God, what you think about God is absolutely crucial. What you think about his heart and his love and his character will shape your life. It will shape your decisions It'll shape the legacy that comes out of your life. The generations that are going to come after you. And I know for some of you, you know, especially in middle school, it's so hard to think that way. For some of you that are maybe in your junior and senior year, you start to go, well, yeah, okay, stuff is coming. <laughs> you start to get some perspective. For the adults in the room, we, we see it already. And I, I, I want to I encourage you tonight to think long to understand the way God thinks about you. He sees you tonight. Before we even dive into this, he sees you as the finished product. He's proud of you. He loves you. And for some of you that messes with you right now because you're like, wait a minute, I haven't even repented yet. You don't even know the stuff from this week. You haven't met him. Not fully yet. And to understand the way he sees you. The way that he sees your potential. The way that he celebrates you. Does that mean that he is not grieved when we make mistakes or when we walk away from him or we don't honor him? Of course not. Sin does separate us from God. But I can tell you what we're going to learn about as we learn how to run into love tonight. We're going to learn about the way that he is postured to wrap his arms around you tonight. And for some of you, that's a concept you can grab onto. For some of you, you haven't had anybody in your entire life do that in a holy, awesome way. You've been rejected. You've had people hurt you. And so you, you live like this at an arm's length from love. And even if every person you've ever encountered in this world has rejected you, let you down, I'm here to tell you tonight, as you start to understand the love of Jesus Christ, Scripture clearly says this, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Anybody okay with that promise tonight like I am? Because I'm telling you, I'm standing up here tonight depending on it. Otherwise, I should not be here. Because as we learn about this story, I had my own encounter. No different, really, from the guy that we're going to read about. It's significant. It'll mark your life in every way if you allow it. 
I'm going to take you into the Word. I'm going to flip some things around. I'm just listening to the Holy Spirit right now. I'm really believing. You got that pulled up on the screen? You ready? Out of loop? I'm just going to start reading. Thank you, Lord. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son together gathered all he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired someone out of a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you and I no longer am worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. So he was just rehearsing his speech. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and now he's alive again. He was lost and now he's found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what is going on? You might have been wondering too. Your brother has come home, they replied. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he, was, because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a, a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who, was squand who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead and now he's alive again. He was lost and now he's found. This is a story of stupid, crazy, scandalous love. Totally doesn't add up. Would you agree? I look at my own life and I look at my own journey running away from God. I grew up with basically a silver spoon in my hand having the gospel taught to me at a very, very young age, having everything I could possibly need, and that still wasn't enough. I had to rebel. I had to have a season going off and squandering the inheritance that God had given me as I went into my later years of high school and early years of college. 
And I can tell you in my moment when I came back, seeing my heavenly father like this with his arms ready to wrap around me, that this is actually how he works. He doesn't come back and say, hey, Aiden, figure it out. You got to earn your love back. Hey, Marcos, I'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens over the next year. His arms are open. We're going to look at a perspective tonight. Uh, There's three important perspectives Pastor and Spencer have been talking about. There's two that are real obvious and then one that maybe isn't quite so obvious. The first one is understanding this younger son and then understanding the older brother and then understanding the father. But we're coming at a different angle tonight. We are going to hit on one that I think is kind of unique in today's day and age. We're going to hit on the crowd. We're going to hit on the crowd and what their perspective was to crazy, stupid, ridiculous love. And uh, I have to admit, as we were talking about this, it started to mess with me a little bit because would you agree that the crowd or the mob can have a significant influence? Look at social media today. You say one thing that's a little bit off. Have you seen some people chopped down? Right? People that have had amazing amount of influence. Make one statement. Maybe it's a political statement. Maybe it's a COVID statement. Right? Something about their faith. Something that they have conviction on. Something that gets misunderstood and everything in a moment is just gone. You know, and I could list names for the next hour, names that you know. Would you agree? I don't have to convince you guys of this. You know it. You've seen it. You felt it. Like, oh, can you believe he said that? Can you believe she said that? In a moment, it's amazing to me the power and the influence of the crowd. And as we were thinking about this and what this must have been like, if you were one of the ranch hands, if you were one of the other family members, if you were one of the people watching the young man come back up the road going, ooh, this is going to be good, watch, right? Put yourself in this story, would you do that with me right now? As one of the people watching, one of the people watching the kid who wasted everything come home with the expectation, there's three different expectations that I'm going to give you tonight. And I I want you to be real. I want you to be honest with maybe where you naturally stand. Like, this is my normal perspective, you know. And I'm, I'm not saying that and asking you to look at that because of any kind of judgment. I'm saying it because I believe every time the word of God is open and we study these things, that we're to grow and we're to learn. It's scripture says it's like looking in the mirror and saying, hey, is there any part of my heart that's just a little bit off? Right? We all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different places, different understandings of what the Word of God has to say about these significant topics. I'm going to tell you that I think if you were to boil down a few stories in the Bible, probably the ones that are most known or most misunderstood, this has got to be at the top of the list. And it's so important because it articulates love. Radical love. This is Jesus saying, you don't understand my heart. You think I'm running down the road with judgment. You don't understand who I am. I came to heal. I came to restore. Crazy love, number one, brings crazy judgment. 
crazy judgment. Would you agree that most people don't even know the bias that's in them until it starts to come out? Sometimes we, we, want to, we want to, and it, you know, we have this argument across the country right now about anything that, that relates to this, from racism to any kind of bias that would divide and separate. Judgment can come up in a heartbeat. There's been key moments in my life where God has dealt with me on this topic, stuff that I'm not going to dive into tonight where I thought, God, I didn't even know that was in me. You get put in an awkward situation and all of a sudden you're like, ooh, come on, am I only preaching to myself tonight? Let's be real. When you get saved, there's some stuff that still has to happen after that. Is anybody with me on that? Okay, your brain doesn't get saved in that moment. It's like, I became one with Jesus, but I have to learn now how to be transformed into his kind of thinking. Okay, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can test and approve what the will of God is. I need my mind renewed. Anybody with me tonight? You want your mind renewed. Hopefully that's why you're here tonight. We listen to the word of God because every time we do and every time it's open, something changes, something. I mean, I, I learned some wisdom. Last week we were away at a conference. Spencer and I got to go together and Corey. It was amazing and it was like just this drop of wisdom, understanding the seasons and the way God moves. I'm changed forever in the way that I think about church, the way that I think about God and how he works through my life. I mean, the word is meant to change. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So I'm, I'm laying a, work to say, a groundwork to say when this book gets cracked, and starts to get open, it's meant to change things. Yeah? So, would you agree that a natural response to this, if you saw this crazy kid coming up the road, covered in mud, been hanging out with pigs, eating out of the pig pen, he's not going to look real pretty, he's not going to smell real pretty, he's probably got a whole lot of shame all over him, and he walks up. Remember, he's been rehearsing his speech. Now, this is how I'm going to say it. I'm going to look him in the eye. And as I look him in the eye, and then I'm going to bow my head. And then I'm going to probably get down on the ground and just hope that he picks me back up. And he's got, he's got a plan. You ever had a plan? You ever practiced a speech? Mom and dad, this is what happened. Okay. So, we were hanging out. And then this person came. Right? It's a great story. You know, and you, you figure out how to kind of frame it so that you're in the least amount of trouble. Am I only talking to myself? Okay, I was really good at rehearsing speeches. I knew how to talk my way out of stuff. And uh, I can tell you, God had to deal with me in that. And I think as he was coming up that road, judgment was just coming from every angle. He had to keep his eyes fixed on the Father. Because when stuff starts to get transformed in your life, if you get too much caught up in what the crowd's thinking, you're going to get confused. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been hanging out in the house. I've been here. I remember I went to Young Life Camp my senior year in high school. Got to go to Malibu. It's up in Canada. It was beautiful. We went on this eight-hour ferry ride out there with all my buddies. And uh, 
show up at this camp. It was pretty pathetic. I gotta be, Celeste, I'm a little bit embarrassed about this story, so I'm sorry that a few of you parents are here, but this is the truth. I was dating this girl. I've been dating her for about a year, and I took a lot of flack at this camp because I brought this shrine to her and put it up on my bunk. It was like seven or eight or nine pictures. I'm not a kid, and it was pretty bad. It was bad. And you can bet that those guys never let me hear the, hear the end of the, the entire camp. How, how's your picture collection, Aaron? Are you doing okay? Are you going to be all right through camp? And it was like a week, you know, forever away. And I mean, God had to meet me at the camp, but I can tell you, I got there and everyone's having this amazing time. I'm hanging out with all these guys that have barely know the Lord. And here I am. I have known God my whole life. Not really known him, but known him, hung out around him. And I was just so full of judgment towards all these people that were just having the time of their life and happy. I'm like, you don't know what it's like to walk with God. And I was just like total martyrdom was all over me. And I was just in judgment on all these precious people that are all, many of them are part of my life to this day. I love them. We had this amazing experience there, but man, my pride was so thick. I thought I knew things. I thought I had arrived. I thought they should come to me. And really I was so steeped in sin. It was not even funny. I mean, God had to deal with me at that camp. They actually all had an amazing time because they were there to actually meet with Jesus. I was there to have everybody put their attention on me. I was the crowd. I was the judgment towards them. I'm embarrassed to say that, but it's actually true. God was dealing with me. I mean, you've got to think of this. Religion can't explain a dad having his son basically steal from him, waste everything, stumble home, and without an explanation, just get radically restored. Religion doesn't have an answer to that. All they know how to do is judge. All they know how to do. Crazy love will also bring crazy gossip. Crazy gossip. Out of love, people love to talk. Christians are the best at this. Unfortunately, Sam, Sam, Sam. I, have you heard about Aiden? Let's pray for him together right now about his issue. You know, and, and all of a sudden it just becomes this thing. Because we care, right? Because we love, because we're concerned. We love to share information. So there were people that probably genuinely in their heart in this moment we're standing there going, oh my goodness, I hope he's okay. And have you heard? And have you heard? And have you heard? And have you heard? This crazy, ridiculous story that doesn't make any sense. Different perspectives of the crowd. I'm just putting myself in this. Anybody with me? Anybody been there? Anybody willing to go there with me right now? I'll stand alone. Crazy love brings crazy gossip. I heard he was eating pig food. I heard he wasted it all on a prostitute. I heard he got stolen from. I heard it was pot. I heard it was porn. I heard he almost died. Oh my gosh. Come on. Oh, that was all in a text. I forgot. Most people don't even know they're doing it. 
I think of this often and I think, God, because he had to deliver me from that. I'm only talking as a person up here that constantly has to check themselves because when you're a pastor, a lot of information flows through you and your tendency can be to say, even to another pastor, did you know, do you understand, whatever. And you have to have your heart constantly checked on that. Because Jesus came, I don't know if you know this, but he came to cover sins. Somebody with me? So if I learn something about somebody, my first response should be to say, not to share it, but to cover it. Not as exciting in the moment, but I tell you what, when you see them the next time and you can look them in the eyes and you say, I've been praying for you. And I know this hasn't been easy. And there's moments, don't, don't get out of bounds on this. There's moments when you have to share something. If something's going on and it's somebody could get hurt and there's danger. I know these are sensitive topics. I'm worried they're going to hurt themselves. You go to authority, though. You don't go to your 20 friends over here, right? Learning to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in these, because I can tell you guys, in a, in a youth ministry like this, where God is moving powerfully, people will flood in those doors if they feel when they come in here that they're receiving the love of the Father and not the love of the crowd. When I say the love of the crowd, when it's coming at them like gossip, when it's coming at them like judgment, oh my goodness, where have you been? Why haven't you been here the last six months instead of, I am so glad you're here. Come, sit by me. I don't need to know anything. I love you. Right? Come on, sometimes Christianity isn't all that complicated. It's just simple, radical love. Where a person feels when they get in your presence that they are important and that they matter to you and that you see the best in them. Because see, when the father was looking at him coming down the road, he wasn't looking at him in judgment. He was just like looking. He's just waiting. This is the picture. Maybe today, maybe today he's going to come. I think I see him. Nope, that's not him. And it says that literally, and I want you to understand, there's an important aspect to this story that we will cover in further weeks. But if you understand this, this is important. Come on, catch this. He didn't just wait for him to come. When he saw him and he knew it was him, he ran to him. You didn't do this in that day. Jesus is making a point. I come after you. Come on, did he come after you when he left heaven? He went through some serious discomfort to build relationship with us. Are we willing to go through a little bit of discomfort controlling our tongue, guarding our heart to make sure that we get to come and have connection and relationship with others? Some of you in this room tonight, and I'm, I know this is going to come across strong, but you've been praying, God, I pray that you would bring me some great friends. You got to be a great friend before you're going to get great friends. You got to learn how to guard your lips. You got to learn how to guard your heart. You got to learn how to keep things private that need to be private. I know that's strong, but I'm the first one up here admitting what a fool I was in this area. But I can tell you when that started to heal, my influence with people started to heal. I wish I could go back to Sprague High School and have so many of those conversations and so many of those seasons over. I'm grateful for the people that I got to connect with, but it could have been 10 times greater 
if I had let the Father's love flow through me as opposed to the crowds. Crazy love brings crazy grace, number three. Crazy grace. Some people standing, they've been waiting with the Father, they've been looking with the Father, I hope today. He's out here every day. He's out here every day watching for his boy. He's, he's waiting. And they're praying with the Father. And they're partnering with the Father. And they see the heartbeat of the Father. God, let him come home today. Let it be today. What do you see when you drive downtown like I did yesterday and just see homeless, 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 homeless? Broken, 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 broken. We have it in our families. There's thousands represented in this room tonight. People that we're praying for. Am I right? People that we're waiting for them to come home. There's people praying for you tonight. Not necessarily because you're away from God. Maybe you are. But maybe because there's some areas where you are holding him at an arm's length. They're saying, let your guard down. Come on. Trust him. He loves you. Crazy grace is available to you tonight. He knew the mistakes he had made. Do you? I can tell you that was about as far away from any kind of thinking that I had in that season of life. Anybody that tried to correct me went from being a part of my life to not being a part of my life real quick. I probably don't even remember the people that tried to love on me. I had a daddy, though, who loved on me and loved on me and spoke blessing over me and spoke to my future, spoke to my potential when I didn't deserve a word of it. And he was waiting and he was looking and he was desperate for the kid that he got to see every day still to come home. Even though I may have been saved in some some fashion, my heart was not yielded to the Father. I was still trying to take inheritance. And it was hard for me to receive crazy love and crazy grace. Tonight, he's waiting for you. Open arms, full of grace. He doesn't need your speech. He just wants you. He doesn't need your explanation. He says, this is the coolest thing ever. Here's my robe. Here's my ring. Here's my sandals. Here's the best I got. I'm going to butcher the cow right now, right here. We're going to have a barbecue. When I was a kid, I grew up at King Circle Assembly of God. And we did a musical, a kid's musical on this topic. And it was called Barbecue for Ben. <laughs> I don't know what part I played. Probably some goofball part, but I've never forgotten it. And it marked me. This story has marked my life. What you have to understand is men, when that robe comes on and that ring comes on and the sandals, he says, you're fully restored. You don't have to come back and earn my love. In a second, when you say, yes, Father, I receive your grace, your sacrifice over my life. I receive your love. I receive your arms wrapped around me. 
When you do that, when you yield to that, in a second, everything changes. There's nothing about this world that is wired that way. Would you agree with me right now? You better earn it. You better be good. What's your rating? God says, I'll take you just the way you are. Just come to me. I am. Um, I'm a product of this radical love. I'm a product. That's the only reason I stand up here tonight. Because I had the courage and all my stupidity to practice the speech and then walk down that road and look him in the eyes and face my heavenly father and just see love. Worship team, would you come back up? I want you guys to understand tonight. This is what's available for you. And this is the love that God wants you to learn how to give away to other people too. To step out of the crowd. A crowd of judgment. A crowd of gossip. And to move into grace. Have the courage to be able to look at your own heart and be able to say, you know, I do struggle with that. Because, you know, oftentimes I just want God to judge some stuff. I mean, when we see nastiness on the news, when we see craziness going on, isn't there something in your heart that goes, come on, judgment. Put them in an electric chair. That's horrible. There's, I, I want you to understand that's what we deserve. You guys with me right now? All Aaron Jensen, Aaron Sigurd Jensen with his middle, weird middle name. All he deserves is hell, death, and the grave. But let me tell you, I got something different when I said yes to Jesus. And so will you. Some of you have grabbed onto that inheritance partially. Some of you have yet to do it. Some of you have walked down that road and you know what I'm talking about. But sometimes it's hard for you to be able to give that away to other people because in the middle of getting our grace and receiving our grace. God, you did this amazing thing for me. I'm so thankful for you. We have these people moments where people drive us nuts. Yes? And in the middle of all that, grace goes somewhere else. And we forget what was dumped on us. We forget how radical his love was for us. And we start moving into this, I'm gonna measure this judgmental heart topic, this message, and I even forgot to share it earlier. It's, it's up on the screen though, it's homecoming. This is what God dreams for you. Learning how to just come home to him. Come home. To realize He's ready to wrap his arms around you. Maybe you stand on that road tonight saying, I'm the prodigal. I've wasted it all. I've made a thousand mistakes. People might even think I'm holy, but I'm not. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you're over here, you're just saying, I said yes to Jesus, but there's just no grace on my life. I don't want to go to hell and I, I believe he died on the cross for my sins but I really haven't received grace and I certainly don't have it to give away to other people 
And so I'm constantly moving into gossip and judgment. And maybe there's a third group here. You would say, I know the love of God. I love him. But man, I hit these walls where I forget what he's done for me. And I stop letting the love of the Father flow through me. And I just step back over here into the crowd. Come on, let's all of us, as a family, make a statement tonight to live in the crazy, stupid, ridiculous love of God. And when I say that, I'm not lowering that value. I'm trying to elevate it. Do you hear me? It's unbelievable. It will never measure up. It's beyond what we can comprehend. His love is so deep and so wide. What can separate us from the love of God? Neither height, nor depth, nor angels, nor demons, nor powers, nor principalities. Nothing in heaven or on hell can separate you from the love of God. How cool is that? Do you understand the weight of that statement? I can cause all things to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Romans 8, 28. I love that verse. Romans 8, 1. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 5, 8. I'm working this thing backwards. But God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, when I was still in sin, he died for me. And he made a way for me to have relationship. Relationship. You are so loved His arms are like this. I'm going to open these altars up. To stay caught up with everything happening, check us out at peopleschurch.com as well as on Instagram at PCYouthSalem.